you, Grace. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. And happy Kwanzaa. And Hanukkah. I know it's already, Hanukkah's already passed a while ago, but you know, it's all good. So, and happy pre-Orthodox Christmas. pre Oh, yep, yep, yep. And happy New Year, which we'll be coming on to. So this is our... Happy Festivus. Yes. This will be our last recording for 2018. Oh, this is, isn't yeah. it? It's uh, going to be, we are actually recording our episode nine. Yes. And nine and ten this week, so this will be our last, the second last episode for 2018, so that's pretty exciting. I can't believe it's been a fun ride. It has been, and thank you for all of you who've been listening and giving us feedback. We really appreciate it. Yes. And uh, we have a couple, uh, actually for 2019, we have a couple cool shows lined up. We do. And some pretty fun things happening, guys. Scarberia is May. We may go abroad. Well, not that far abroad. But you know me, but you know, close, 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 close enough. <laughs> okay, when you say abroad, I think like Europe. We're like, not going abroad. We're going to go down south. Hopefully, that's our goal. Yeah. So it's we're going to try to do this this cross connection of. We want to do more field trips. For yeah, sure. that's for definitely sure. that is our goal that's for two thousand nineteen. Yeah, two thousand nineteen <laughs> will definitely be a year of Adventure. field trips and fun stuff. So yeah, sounds good. Okay. So yes, guys, welcome to episode nine. We have yeah. a pretty fun show. I'm excited about this one because this is, well, the one I'm going to be talking about is something I'm very excited about. I've been there many times, and we actually talked about, in one of our past episodes, we've had the Hermitage, which we've been to. Um, yeah. I've taken oh, back yeah. there, and we've had a few guests who are on the show who had some of their own personal experiences, and yeah, this is a, a one that I really like because it is a really cool place. And everybody who's been there has their own opinion and comments on it. Mm-hmm. Like it mm-hmm. Some places people are just like, oh, whatever. But this place, everyone has something to say about it, which is very, yeah, very interesting. Well, and that's the thing, like, you know, doing research and love this. It's so, you know, I just have to tell you really fast that for those who don't know, I was actually in New Orleans with my husband and I went down for my birthday and we had the most amazing time. Like I said that if New Orleans was a male, I had an affair, <laughs> had its baby, and pregnant this baby, and like fell head over heels for this place. Like I Aww. am like hardcore in love with New Orleans. Like both Chris and I, it just blew our expectations out of the water just in terms of, you know, when you go somewhere new, you're not too sure. Your yeah. expectations, you're like, okay, you're excited about we'll going see. there because you planned the trip. You know that you're going somewhere. Mm-hmm. But I like fell hardcore for this place like i fell in love with new orleans like the history the people the food the booze the food (laughs) just going back to like i'm pretty sure i sprained my liver (laughs) for the amount of drinking we've partaked in new orleans so (laughs) if you are a faint of heart of uh, liquor consumption and have a seafood allergy and do not like music new orleans is definitely not your place (laughs) so i don't know who would not want to love there or like would not like to go visit. So I the history there is insane. Too. The history is just insane. So I'm kind of jelly, but I am supportive of your joy. Yeah. <laughs> so I, yeah, I, so I don't know. I will talk briefly because it's going to be actually one of our other episodes. I'll yeah. be talking briefly. I'm actually be talking about our, your, our experience. Yeah. Yeah. And okay. so it's Stay actually tuned for episode 10. 10. Right? There'll be episode yeah. 10. So we'll be pretty excited. So. Yeah, so we survived, guys, 2018. We survived. And as Beth and I are both educators, we know that this time of year is the most stressful time of year. And we actually made it with hair attack and no criminal records. I was going to say, should have told the teachers who survived the last week of December before the holidays with a full moon rising. Kudos to you. Mm -hmm. 
Kudos mm-hmm. to you. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, yeah, it's been a fun ride. Yeah. So, um, to the goodness. That, yeah. So we actually have a pretty fun show today because yeah. we're going to be talking about, I'll be talking about the Hermitage Ruins. And Beth, this, oh, Beth is exciting. I'm excited about this one. The Baldoon Mystery, which is rumored to be Canada's oldest documented poltergeist. Mm-hmm. Poltergeisting? Poltergeist. 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 So. Poltergeist. Po- I guess, you know, you know yeah. what I'm getting at. So I'm going to be touching on that. I'm touching my nose. You can't see me, people. But I, got Beth. <laughs> I got Beth's back. She's got me. She's I got, got you. So, yeah. Yes. I don't know. You want to go first? Sure. Yeah, you go first. Okay. So, as you guys know, like I said, we've talked about this in the previous episode with Daniel. When we were at the Scottish Rite, we talked about briefly about the Hermitage Ruins, mm-hmm. and I talked about my experience. But before we do that... I want to give you guys the background of Ancaster, or sorry, rather, the Hermitage is in Ancaster. Now, Ancaster is just right outside of Hamilton. It's about a 15-minute drive. Not to be confused with Pennsylvania. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, it's in Ancaster, Ontario. So, the Hermitage, if you guys have not been, it's like a beautiful oh, so historical gorgeous. site, and it's in a conservation park. You do have to pay to get in there, but it's worth every penny because you have so many trails and tracks you guys mm-hmm. can actually go to different locations. And because... Niagara region, especially the Hamilton Escarpment around there, there are about, I don't know, 12 different waterfalls around there. At least, yeah. So I, it's, it's just, honestly, it's worth the drive. I highly recommend to do that when you are want something to do on a weekend. You can just pull out a map and just every weekend, if you want to, you can hit different trails and hit different waterfalls. And for those of you who are like me, who are not of the outdoors variety, <laughs> I have to say from where you park your car, the walk to the Hermitage itself is a hike. It's a bit of a hike, but it's nothing you can't do. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not outdoorsy, and I did it, and it was just enough. It was beautiful. So don't let that intimidate you. And, you know, full disclosure here, I just also want to point out and put our, actually put a, in an, or basically a safety yes. <laughs> announcement, yeah. is that when you do go to the Hermitage Ruins, do go during the day, guys. Yes. Don't go during the night. Unless you're doing the tours, which they do provide through the ghost walks. You know, Hamilton, they do provide ghost walks. Again, I recommend because they are knowledgeable. They know the history. They also know the way. Mm-hmm. If you're not familiar. So easy to get lost. It is so easy to get lost. And before, I used to go there for years. And before they had paper parking, it was free before. But now they close down the park at nighttime, especially at dusk, because it can get a little bit dangerous, especially in the wintertime. It can get icy and it's, it's got a lot of hills and you don't want to have an accident. So without further ado, I will talk about the Hermitage. So... The Hermitage was originally built in 1830 by Reverend George Sheed. I want to say Sheed or Sheed. I want to say that. I read very carefully. Sheed, with this I know. One. Sheed. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, phonetics. The property is about two miles west of Ancaster, which is in the Dundas Valley. So, again, if you're familiar around there, there's tons of um, hills and falls around there. So all around there, there are different types of hills and waterfalls and different escarpments. So it is quite large and quite big. So here's a history about the building itself. So Otto Ives was a third landowner of the Hermitage. Ives was an English officer who had fought in the Greek War of the Independence against the Ottoman Empire. So I thought it was funny because his name is Otto Ives in the Ottoman Empire. So. That is an odd coincidence. Mm-hmm. He met and married Magdala or Magdalene. And a daughter of the governor of an island off of Greece there. So close by, I guess, around her, that's where he met his wife. They married 
in Carfu in 1824, and they moved to Ancaster by 1833. They apparently, Magdala, or Magdalene, she brought her sister and or niece. So I'm not too sure. There's a lot of, doing some research here, there's like, they said sister or niece with them. Oh, okay. So I'm not just sure if it's yeah. one of those marriage things that, you know, would call somebody a sister or a cousin or niece. I'm not it just sure the be. relations. Because sometimes when you married in, it wasn't, back then it wasn't sister-in-law, brother-in-law. It was just brother or sister. Or, or the cousin. Or the cousin. And sometimes the names are, like, very, they name their kids all after Bible names. There's only so many that can go around. So there would be, like, three Sarah Smiths or two. Yeah, exactly, you know. exactly. And so yeah. that's why... The research, I did a lot of the research office in Wikipedia, and so I was trying to clarify this. So if you guys do know exactly the correct history, and if you know the names of these people correctly, because I don't want to, like, confuse anybody, but mm-hmm. i just like to know more about who these people were that did actually live there. Yeah. But I'm not sure if it really has anything to do with the building, but yeah, it yeah, kind of does. Know. But this whole niece and sister thing brought her sister or niece with them. I just didn't understand yeah. what this <laughs> mean, like sister wives? Could have been. Could So, uh, <laughs> it's just funny. I don't know. I just... Well, if it was... Okay. So, say you have a brother and he got married to this woman. And then he... They had a child. So, that would be your niece. hmm Then, he passed away. No. I will figure this out. I will draw a diagram at some point. Okay. I will not take any more time with the video. But I'll draw a diagram <laughs> and figure this out. Please draw a diagram, please. I would love to videotape of you trying to video, draw this diagram of like how like the lineage of this family. We will put on they, Facebook. <laughs> we call was it twenty four me that uh, DNA. <laughs> I have stories about that. I have stories about that for later. Um, Bonus content. So make a long story short, the ladies who basically apparently the ladies who lived in this house only spoke Greek, and they said that there was a gentleman known. He was known as William Black. And William Black was a coachman. And he was from England as well. So apparently he fell in love with the sister slash niece. I have, again, sister slash niece. Maybe it was a daughter Maybe. that they disguised it as a sister because of early pregnancies where they... That could have been it, too. Just saying. That could well, very, a lot well of, you know, it, yeah. family shaming and how they send away family member yeah. to go live with their aunt. aunt. When they were yeah, that pregnant. Yeah, been it too. So, oh, that makes it a lot easier. Don't need to draw a diagram then. <laughs> so it said that Otto, sorry, Black wasn't fell in love with the sister. And he went to Otto Ives to ask for her hand in marriage. And Ives was very upset at the thought. And he rejected the proposal because of Black's status. Because he was not of Upshalon. He was upper He was not of a higher status because he was a coachman. Yeah. And he was seen as basically the working class. He was not good enough for the niece. That's so sad. Yeah, and it was said that the next morning when they're waiting for the coach, they couldn't understand why he was late, so they actually went to, and they found his body. Now, this is conflicting. So, I've read many things. They said yeah. that he was found hanged at the, what do you call it, the stables. Right. But the research I was doing, there was, I'm not sure if he was a historian, he actually corrected somebody, said mm-hmm. that there was no stable really there. He was actually found outside of a tree. That makes sense, too. So either or, I'm not too sure, but I've, I'm reading two different, I was doing yeah. research, there are two different stories about how he hung himself and where he hung himself. Well, he hung himself, but where he hung himself exactly. Yeah. One says a stable, but the other one says, nope, it was a tree outside of where the stables are. I just, 
I have a question about the people being like, oh, we totally destroyed this young man's life. Why isn't he here to pick us up to take us to town? Well, it was the 1800s, and people treated people like shite. And they did treat, they treated kids like shite. So let alone. That's true. And if you were of a working class status, they sold you. Like if. We yeah. know what I happened. Wonder, I wonder if this. Ooh, sorry. Was an actual <laughs> that was like, a door? Oh, the door was closing. If that was, if it was even actually a, not suicide. Oh, Beth is. Are, are you? Are are you naysaying? Are you saying it's murder? murder? <laughs> Just I. I don't know. I don't know. Well, again, because he was not of a higher status, yeah. he was seen as working class. There was no. I couldn't find How? even research on him. On oh, information there's no even idea of like how old he was or I don't know I, I was trying to find research on it and all it came out well maybe I'm a bit of a romantic I'm like they could have run away together they could have had a chance but I'm a bit of a romantic that way well apparently like I said they only spoke Greek so I'm not sure he spoke oh, Greek oh that could be tricky then but who needs language when you get passion now I got this like sorry I'm going way off topic here today I, I, I got this vision of like you know like this it's like big, strapping, handsome man and long, flowing hair, and this like <laughs> petite, rounded waist and big bosom lady. And they're like, there's no language, but they don't care. They don't need language when they got love and lust. You just wrote a Harlequin romance. I right did. There, I totally triple, did. Triple job. <laughs> just think of a name. I'm sorry, guys. I'm not making light of this guy's death. No, I'm sorry. I don't mean to be. be but I'm either, just. But I'm just, just picturing. Like I'm just. So I know we can't hold the past by today's standards. That's a huge historical problem, but it's just, mm-hmm. I don't know. It just. Beth is having a, you're just having a moment there? Just having a moment. Like, be human. Be like, oh, I guess this guy's probably not coming in today because we destroyed his entire life. Well, they didn't care. That's again. Fair. So they found. Who knows? Who exa- knows? Exactly. And we don't know exactly the whole story again. And this, which it kind of adds more insult to injury. It is that too. how they treated him because it was a suicide That's and you're true. not allowed to bury people in the consecrated ground who committed right. suicide. So I he forgot can, about that. Yeah, so he was not allowed to be buried in the cemetery so they actually buried him by Lover's Lane. There's like a crossroads kind of like where they, there's a tree there they actually, that's where they, they ended up burying him. Oh. Yeah, so he wasn't even buried in the cemetery. That's sad. I because they used to do that. I know, which is, guys, it's a very barbaric way but you know, people still Some people still do that. that. Yeah, I've, yeah. So I, to me, that's just very, very sad. So, which is interesting. So since people, have, like I said, they committed suicide. They can be buried in the consecrating grounds. He, his body was buried at the crossroads near the hermitage. Okay, this is another one that gets me. Sorry to interrupt. Burying someone at a crossroads. Okay, so this is like a supernatural thing going on. A little bit because <laughs> I know when they killed back in the days when they thought people were vampires. They would bury them at the crossroad because they thought if they rose again, mm-hmm. they wouldn't know which way to go. Mm-hmm. So I find Confusing. it very interesting that they would just, because this guy committed suicide, bury him at a crossroad. So I don't know. It's just an interesting layer on there. If They think maybe there's another. Well, it's to talk about when you want to make a deal with the devil, you sell your soul, you go to the crossroads. crossroads. Yeah. This is interesting. Yeah. So there's almost, almost like a very biblical context to how they, I don't want to say dispose, but how, yeah, they dispose of bodies who were who committed suicide because they believed they were damned, right? Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, so... Sorry, I digress again. I keep interrupting you today. But uh, what is interesting is that, you know, this one of these roads became known as Lover's Lane. Yeah. All right, so if you guys are familiar around there, you will find Lover's Lane. Now, I'm not too sure it's where the trail that we come from. Okay. Where, but we have to look... Next time I have to really look for the Lover's Lane. Always forget to look if it still exists or where it is exactly where the Hermitage 
ruins, like the grounds are still. I'll be posting some pictures of the ruins the next day or so, so you guys can see when the episode, by the time this episode comes out, I will have some images so you guys can see exactly what we're talking about. Actually, it should be another fun road trip to do down that one mm-hmm. again. So although the story has become legend in Ancaster, Otto Ives, they owned the Hermitage in 1830, and only, I said again, there's only little information from the time sustained of the legend of the coachman and the niece's love affair. So there was not, again, a lot of information yeah. about the actual love affair of, again, sister-niece and William Black. But there's a note append. So apparently there was a deed that found in the sale that mentioning that the family's friend did hang himself from a tree in a bush because of the love for the niece. So again, oh, okay. it goes from niece to sister to stable to tree. tree. So the um, more research I'm doing, I'm finding it looks like it's more plausible that he did hang himself in the tree, not in the stable. I wonder if the spot where the tree was is the location where the stable was built Apparently after. no. Really? Yeah. So this is what I want to know. Like, there's just so oh. many, like, different conflicting information here. So I just I just found it. Yeah, this is Very interesting. interesting. I know. And then, <laughs> if you guys know me, I love doing research. And so it was like, you know, staying late and just, like, research as much as I can. Like, every time. An interesting thing, as I'm doing research for the Hermitage, there was, you know, other links to the Andrew Jackson and the Hermitage in down this, in the States. Interesting. Uh-huh. uh-huh. So I just, just want to point that out. So I am digressing again. In 1853, the Hermitage was purchased by George Gordon Brown Life and his wife, Eleanor. The next several years, they built a large stone house, attending outbuildings, a farmhouse, barns, and an entrance lodge were constructed. After the death of Mr. L- uh, Mrs. Leith, rather, the property was purchased by the youngest daughter, Eleanor Elma Dick Ladder. Wow. That's a mouthful. No pun intended. She lived there until the house was destroyed in a fire in 1934. She lived in a small house constructed inside of those ruins. So actually, if you did before, you like the ruins there, you would actually see like there's like another small houses around there. So some so like I said, some of the articles I've read stated that Black was heartbroken, which we already know. But again, this is the interesting thing. So again, I don't know how people, I guess they just write this for sensationalization for to sell things to sell articles but this letter i wrote read rather i laughed because it said again this is hearsay this is an article that was written not too long ago on you can find online it says some of the articles like i said i read it said that black was so heartbroken when he asked for the ives niece hand in marriage he was denied and fled the house with tears in his eyes how the fudge do you know that were you there that's a little bit of uh, artistic I think that it is. I think sensationalizing, you know, more than it actually was. Like, we don't know. Maybe there's an argument. Maybe there's a brawl. Maybe, maybe they've gotten a huge fight, right? Like I said, maybe it was not suicide. Yeah, maybe it was murder. Because, again, there's no suicide note. Maybe. Who knows? He probably was illiterate. He could never write. He could yeah. probably write. So, again, this is how rumors or legends turn into rumors and rumors turn into legends, right? Like, we're not yeah, too sure. I just want to respect the poor guy who, you know, who did take his, his life was taken away at the Hermitage. So, that being said, I'm going to talk about now the ghosts of the Hermitage. So, as you guys know that when we talked to Daniel, he talked about things that he saw. This is like years ago. He said about 15 years ago. The first time I ever went to the Hermitage was about a good 12, 13 years ago myself. 
Well, my friends and I, there's a group of us, they actually went, we did the ghost walk. Mm-hmm. And this is before they constructed the new building, because they just built the new building in right. 2016. Mm-hmm. And so if you guys see the old one compared to the new one, again, I'm going to show both of them. I'll be posting them on Instagram and on Facebook. You can see how it used to look before this, you know, because it's surgery, before the construction <laughs> of the new part to it. So Daniel said that when they did the tours, mm-hmm. they would get, they would see shadow people okay. now when i was telling he was telling the story you and i looked at each other because mm-hmm. the first time i brought beth there we went it was around dusk time mm-hmm. and we brought our flashlights yes we did pay for parking yes we did actually no we paid we par- parked a little bit more because we have friends who live there so we yep. went for a hike we did the right thing we did totally legal but we did bring our flashlights and we decided to go for a walk and again it was around dusk and it was beautiful because we saw it was like the whole sky was filled with Fireflies. Oh gosh, fireflies. It was like something out of a novel. Yeah, it was the coolest thing. And we were looking around and I was letting Beth read the plaque. And as she was reading the plaque, her back was turned towards the forest between the building, the structure, the mm-hmm. new structure that's made, you know, you guys can't say I'm doing air quotes, but it's a structure that was kind of recreated to be like the original structure and the forest. And there's a path in between. So there's a forest, the path, and then the house. Beth was reading the plaque and as she was reading, I saw, I'm not joking you, I'm not kidding you, I saw a figure, it was a full solid shadow figure that went from behind Beth and into the forest. And it looked like it was like kind of popping behind her back, just like a little child will kind of like play peekaboo. That's exactly what I saw Beth. And I looked at Beth and she, she knew I saw something because she's like, don't say anything. <laughs> Nope. You were scared. She's like, nope. nope. And we were around. I'm like, um, I wasn't too sure what I saw at this point. Again, going back 12 years ago, 13 years ago, the first time I went there was a group of us. I didn't like I said, when there's a group of people, there was like 15 of us who yeah, were doing this different. Term. Yeah, the energy is different. People are joking around. People are smoking. People yeah. are probably drinking. And so like the vibe is totally different. When you just have like four people there going for a hike at nighttime, yeah. it's different. And the energy now, I will say, I didn't get it at first. We walked down the summer, and I'm like, this is beautiful. It's not scary at all. I feel so calm and so welcome. And it is it beautiful. It was lovely. But then on the way when we were coming back, there was it, it, the vibe totally changed. And I don't say this lightly. Like, it it was like flipping a switch. It just went... Yeah, of like, it went from the calm to kind of creepy. Yeah. Now, that being said, our friend Johnny and I went. And this is a couple of years ago. We went around the summertime as well. We decided to go for a walk. And again, go through the trails. We didn't even make it to the Hermitage. We didn't even make it to the middle of the trail. We parked the car. We started to walk. And it felt like the whole forest came to life. And it was like an eerie where every single animal, every single creature was out. And they were all making this loud sound. And it, it like, honestly, it, it felt like something was telling us, don't come. Yeah. Like, don't come any further. Stay where you are. You're not welcome. That's exactly what it felt like. It felt like we were not welcomed at all there. That's... That was kind of creepy. So I, um, so John and I yeah. took the cue. I'm like, okay, we're going. We're going. Peace out. Okay, we're just going to go to the pub now. <laughs> we're just going to go somewhere else. Because we did not feel like welcome. Like I said, just did not feel safe. That How day. much do you think it is? It's the place versus the creepy people who do creepy things oh, in the place. Okay, so thank you for leaning that up. Okay. So if you guys listened again to our past episode of The Scottish Rite, Daniel did talk about people performing a lot of like ritualistic yeah. rituals there. That'll stay in my memory, because I was joking, like, oh, the people doing cult stuff in the wood. And then he looked at me dead in the eye. I was like, well... I was yeah. Like, oh, 
Done. Yeah. Done. So you heard, like, I know you guys heard this, again, going back, Daniel talked about how they would find skulls, they would find robes, they would find weapons, like knives, people performing rituals. Now, again, I don't understand the purpose of this. Now, we do know, again, mm-hmm. the whole era we did talk about, and we always do talk about this, the limestone. Yeah. A lot of the buildings, especially that building, is constructed out of limestone. So, again, it's a conduit for energy mm-hmm. that the people believe. It's like almost like a power vault to allow spirits or entities to communicate and to make themselves known. They use the energy from the limestone. Again, limestone, there's also a creek around water. there. There's water around there as well. There's falls around all around there. So, there's a lot of factors that could make... It's, I guess, an yeah. ideal place for people. So people, don't go, please. Go, please do not go and start performing some satanic rituals there. Like, we don't need another Rosemary baby kind of, like, reenactment out there. So, I, like I said, but just the whole vibe, like as Beth was saying, one day you'll feel perfectly fine and comfortable. One other day you'll go there and just feels totally off. Like, you just don't feel welcomed. Yeah. So I, again, my the shadow people, I only saw the one shadow person. Now, as we finished doing our tour, like, excuse me, walked around, we did see, and we met this paranormal group that were there. And that was awesome. <laughs> they, we were, as we were coming back from our, our little walk, we met with the paranormal group, these two guys. They were there recording because they too have heard about the shadow people and they were trying to capture the shadow people. I told them like, well, I saw one and they were surprised because every so often we'll see it. Now, again, doing research, I read this article by this, well, she actually has a website known her and her husband it's called planet weird oh yeah yeah, i've heard of that yeah so her name is dana she and her husband and she talked about this she actually has an article she had a show back in the day called girly ghost hunters and she was on the show and she they went to different parts of canada her and her friends who were paranormal investigators they went to these different parts of canada they actually went to the heritage and she actually wrote an article talk about seeing shadow people and talk about the feelings there like she actually Right and say like it was creepy and you got they got some weird stuff there too. That's wild. So there's many validations. Daniel, Rita's article, Dana. I had the same experiences too. Mm-hmm. And I said I only seen that one time and it's right behind Beth. I said I've been in multiple times and that was the first time I actually saw with my own eyes a, a full figure. And it, it was fast. It was brief, but it did go for months. And I actually did see it from head. I didn't see the bottom of the feet. I just yeah. saw it like a full shadow. It was like it was like. Almost like malleable. You can almost grab it. Like this person, you know what I mean? It wasn't not even, like, it wasn't transparent. So was it like a person in just like a dark cloak? No, it was not, people? yes. It was not like the... Um, this is my first thought. This is one of the creepy people in the woods. No, it, it <laughs> okay. wasn't like, you know, what's his name? The Simpsons. I'm thinking, why am I having his brain fart right now? Oh, Willie. It was <laughs> Willie playing, you know, like the Stonehenge no. guys. Or oh, not Stonehenge. The Stonecutters. Stonecutters. It wasn't, no, oh, it was Willie. not Willie in the Stonecutters in his <laughs> uniform or in his cloak. It was like a full on, like again. That's wild. But it's cool that because I thought, I told you Beth was yeah. there. I thought I was going crazy, but I wasn't. Like I was yeah. full on, saw something. I'm like, that is crazy. And I know it was not, you guys are like, well, it's trickery of the light. It's dusk. Your eyes are probably tired. Are you like, mm. no, I know what I saw, people. It's like I'm seeing Beth right now, solid right in front of me. That's exactly I what it was. I saw, saw something from behind Beth going right to the forest. And that's exactly the articles I've read, the research I've done, the different accounts that people here said the same thing. That's exactly what they've seen. So now this brings up a different, another kind of question for me. 
it'd be interesting to see when this first started happening. So it's just like a manifestation of everybody's energy coming through this place mm -hmm. and the vibes, or is it something else? Is it something that's more natural to the to the woods? I don't know. Well, that being said, I'm not too sure exactly if that's you know the crossroads were like where yeah. the path is. I'm not too sure if that's where Lover's Lane is, um, I, where mm -hmm. William died, because they said that apparently at Lover's Lane you will hear in a full moon you will hear the cry of, but that's an auditory. Since like you know phenomenon yeah. right like I didn't hear anything I and saw a lot something. Of animals sound like people when like when they're crying. Well, especially like foxes. Yeah, foxes like, sound like they're being humans being tortured. Yeah. So, also, but, I don't on know. a random side note, not related at all, giraffes make the weirdest sounds when they make sounds. Yes, they do. It's bizarre. Sorry, please continue. The I'm just gonna look up the lovers' lane for you guys. I've got to say the creepiest animal I've heard when mm -hmm. I was in Kenya, when I was building a school there, when I lived there for a bit. Yeah. The sound of a hyena attacking animals, a hyena oh, in the middle of the night, is the creepiest thing in the world. That would be terrifying. Yeah, so that forever will be embedded in my head. And it's scary sounds. And that's the reason why I don't go outside. <laughs> so, again, I, I thought it was pretty cool that I had these experiences. Soon after I saw that, we had a validation by those two guys from the paranormal group that said, yes, that does happen. Then Daniel told us, and then doing research on this, that Dana had... Mm -hmm. The same experience. So it's pretty cool that everybody, like a few people, do have the same experience there. And That's again, wild. it's not like I'm also going to put it out there. I was not coerced or I did not, you know, read. I didn't read these articles before we did, before we went out there. Yeah. I knew about this place. I didn't do the research or the extent of research like I did now. So, no, I did not have the idea and manifested it myself. Like you said, I actually did see it. When I was just with you and walking beside you, right behind yeah. you, and then I saw it, so. Okay. So, Lover's Lane, mm -hmm. when you go north, turns into Sulphur Springs. That's where, yeah. Which which follows along the outside of the Hermitage Park. So, I know exactly where it is yeah. then. That's, so, that's a place where we usually park the car we walk in from. Yeah, that's the Sulphur Spring parking lot. <laughs> yep. Yeah, so, there you go. So, it kind of, that lane just kind of is on the outside of us. So, lane. it has nowhere even, it's nowhere near. So, this is an interesting thing then. It's the random spot Google pulled up that's kind of the middle of Lover's Lane Road is a 24-minute walk from the Hermitage Gatehouse. Yeah, see, that's exactly what I'm saying, because like, yeah. it's a pretty far walk to get into the Hermitage Ruins. Yeah. So, yeah. Thank that, you, Google. Yeah. Thank you, Google. So, yeah, that is, uh, that's the Hermitage. Yeah. And so. isn't it constantly named one of the top 10 haunted places in yes. Canada? Like, consistently? Mm-hmm. That's mm -hmm. pretty wild. But I personally felt like, it's not like there was a large war or like a war that took place there that people die like or a large yeah. fire that's you know that did take many lives mm -hmm. it was one guy that was known who hung himself not directly there yeah it's so further away from there it must be all the other stuff that's come after it then with all the creepy who knows I should, I should, well, we should look up the ley lines too that'd be interesting well if you guys know from know. the ley lines too that's another another interesting fact when you talk about the paranormal like just how you know again yeah. water Stone, stone like the the limestone movement of the moon the movement yep that's interesting mm -hmm. i don't know just personally like we went to the cake mansion which is consistently in the top 10 haunted places in ontario and that place compared to the hermitage no competition hermitage like 10 times creepier for me like i said the only spirits there are like gin and vodka so yeah. that's the only ones i know about yeah. but yeah. apparently people have experiences there like there's many yeah. stories managers have worked there and employees have worked there, talked about their experiences there. So maybe I should rephrase that. The keg isn't sinister as the Hermitage is. Like, the Hermitage is scary. 
Yes. It goes from peaceful to scary in like 60 seconds. Exactly. And it's going to say in the blink of an eye, it can flip. And I'm not joking, people. If you do go there, do yourself a solid. Go during the day. Try to go during the night. Do not perform any animal sacrifices or rituals because... Not cool. Not cool. Because there is 24-hour patrol around there, too. Like, and there also, we love animals. We, we both are animal lovers, so please Yeah, don't. yeah. But like I said, there's, there's films have been filmed there. There's yeah, shows have been filmed there. It's a very beautiful place. Historically, gorgeous. it's a beautiful place. Yeah, it, it is, is a very pretty place. It's a, If you are a nature enthusiast, if you love going outside, Honestly, unlike if, Beth. Yeah. Honestly, though, if I had known about this before I got married, I would have gotten married there. It I know. Stunning. Right? It's a beautiful stunning. place. I know. So... Yeah, that's my story of the Hermitage. That's awesome. And we, I want to take Beth there again to... It's beautiful to go all seasons. I'm not kidding. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful to go all seasons. Summer, winter, spring, and fall. It is stunning to go there. Well, I got my bug one, my bug out one suit now. Onesie. Onesie, outfit. yeah. She does, guys. She's like a mini full beekeeper on outfit. So I can go. Has a bug mesh suit. Like head to toe. Head to toe. Head to toe mesh So I'm game. Bug suit. I'm game. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It is actually quite funny. Yeah. Badass girl from Scarborough wearing a mesh suit. <laughs> Hold my hoop earrings while I put on my mesh suit. Hold on. Exactly. <laughs> it is the funniest thing ever. Oh my gosh. So, I, yeah, sorry. Did you say in winter you want to go? I want to go in the wintertime again. That'd be pretty. Yeah, I'd be down for that. And I would love to do a proper EVP there if we can. Yes. Because, again, obviously we're going to debunk the animals and everything here yeah. that we hear, right? But to hear it during, like, to say maybe we can hear, I would love to see if we can pick up or hear the cry of William Black. Maybe. Or the sex cries from people because people get freaky. People are just weird. I don't know. I don't, that does not sound enticing to me at all. Some people are voyeuristic and they, uh, they get off having sex in open places and they make it hot. (laughs) the look on my face right now. Sometimes I wish we videotaped this because I'm just like, I can't. Your face looks totally disgusting. I can't even. It's uncomfortable. It's not like I said paratime and sex. Yeah, that doesn't happen. <laughs> that doesn't exist. Only for me, I like to think twice. My parents have had sex. Okay, now I'm gonna get off because I'm talking about well, my parents. Okay, have sex. We need to okay, I tell you. Okay, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, right. I digress. So, so that is the Hermitage, and uh, again, we are gonna try to go there. So if we do go there, we are going to. We're gonna. I would like to do another live Facebook. That'd be cool. Chat. That's that'd when be we're cool there. To do that for sure. Should we do? Oh, okay. And then for do that, I have the oh yes, we need facts. Yeah. facts, 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 facts. <laughs> I have one job. I get to. I do it with pride. <laughs> <laughs> I love feathers. Oh, our special effects are awesome. <laughs> so uh, it's now time for a random Canadian facts. Facts, facts, facts. facts. Oh. So this is a pretty that cool so one. <laughs> so this has to do with the animals because I thought you know yeah. owe to the animals and be yeah. in the hermitage. This is actually a pretty cool one. So. Apparently, in Halifax, there is this weird phenomenon that's going on with the crows in Halifax right now. Oh. Yeah. So, I'm going to read this cool article. It Oh, I lost it. Anyhow, it's about this cool... That the is like a flock of millions of crows have been going to this one part in, in Halifax. Really? Where it's come to the point where it's kind of like blacked out the skies because there's so many of these... Birds and so many crows <laughs> have been migrating there. I well, know that's not terrifying. A and murder of crows. crows. I was gonna say, and you don't know, guys. Out the sun. That's not terrifying. At no, all. and exactly. And so, those who don't know, when you have more than ten crows, it's called a murder. Dun dun dun. Pretty creepy, but 
I personally think crows yeah. are awesome creatures. I personally think they're amazing. Like, I love crows and ravens. They are highly, like, mm-hmm. intelligent birds. Like, they truly are. So, I have some facts about, I know it's not really Canadian facts. Let's do it. But uh, it's about facts about crows. So, again, the omen that people think when they associate crows are death and omens. Sometimes they think, think it's true. I think it's because of the name of murder. Mm-hmm. But birds, I bet the crows themselves actually have a very, it depends on what traditions you belong to. Yeah. I know in the First Nations, all I believe that it has to do with transition. Mm-hmm which about growth and transition, which is pretty cool. And they actually are to known as the spirit between the underworld and the human world, the walking world, which is pretty cool. So that's why I think I love crows because of that very reason. Crows and ravens are synonymous. They're actually the same family. So this is pretty cool that when a crow dies, they actually throw a funeral. So when a crow dies, the other crows will actually throw at a funeral and actually mourn the death of a crow. Wow. Yeah. So that is pretty legit, like, deep. Like, that is pretty deep. Mm-hmm. Not like most humans. Like, crows are pretty better than yeah. than humans because humans are assholes. Who would have thought? Crows and elephants. I know. Crows what? and elephants. I know. The older siblings can help their parents raising the newborn chicks. What? Mm-hmm. They actually stick around and help with the parents. Wow. Yeah. E- da- da- da. Okay, so this is pretty cool. So since 1990, the crows have experienced a huge population boom in Japan to the point where they've actually caused blackouts in the skies. Yeah, so urban crows like the nests on electric transformers and where often the wires hang and the fiber c- cables and the buildings and materials of their nests. The result is an um, epidemic of crows cause blackouts because there was a massive, like I said, wow. like they crow, like the sky would be filled with crows and they come land on the wires that they actually pushed down and they actually broke the wires to cause a massive blackout. So not just blackout because of how many birds yeah. are, but they are in terms they're of taking, like, out the they lines. taking out the parent lines because there's a massive in the sky and then they come to like, like you know, sit. Alfred Hitchcock, fortune teller. Yeah, yeah. So they also recognize about 21 human faces. Wow. Mm-hmm. So they do recognize human faces. So if you have a crow and it's always around... If you were to feed it all the time, it would actually also, another thing, they would actually bring you gifts as well. Aww. So there's this cool article I read about this little girl who, not not intentionally, but accidentally kept the feeding the crows. Yeah. Because she would, like, have McDonald's and she comes out of the car and she drops, like, a french fry or a chicken oh, nugget. Okay. She, like, and she, just like a kid, throw food yeah. at the crows. That they brought her gifts. Yeah. So she has a collection of gifts. Her mom, her, her and her mom have been collecting since she's been, like, three years old. She's now six years old. Of all these, the crows have been bringing gifts to her because she's been feeding it. Sweet. Right? They also have regional dialects. Get out. They actually have, so they have regional dialects that they can actually deliberate change depending on which regions they are. That's amazing. I know. I'm just dying now. I'm like, what does a Boston crow sound like compared to like a, a Quebecois bird or a, uh, or a, a Newfoundland bird? bird? I know. From East Coast to West Coast, it depends on the flexion of your voice. It can yeah. actually mimic you. That'd be interesting. I know. Okay, so I'm going to... One more fact. I thought just... This is very cool. This is fascinating. I want you to keep going. I know. So certain crows know how to read traffic lights as well. That would make sense to me. If they can read and recognize a human face... Yeah. And they can recognize... So, like, it can distinguish between you and I. Why wouldn't be able to recognize traffic lights? And I'm thinking that that crows are, like, colorblind. I don't know why. I made me think about... I I don't know where I got that from. Totally incorrect. But, yeah, they can actually... They know... And that's they can read traffic lights. That's, 
See, we don't give animals as much credit as we No, do. and I just thought it was funny because we're doing this and about transition <clears> and death <throat> and animals. And because of the Halifax, they're experiencing yeah, millions of crows oh, right now. Happening? I want to go home and read more on this. If you guys know the scientific reason why there's been a crow yeah, and explosion. Like, again, be cool, guys. Crows are cool. They're very cool animals. People think they're ugly and they make the sounds and they're evil. They're not evil. If anything, they're the coolest birds ever. I personally love them. I get so excited when I see a crow. That's amazing. I think they're beautiful creatures, so. That's pretty cool. Yeah, so that is my random facts on crows. <laughs> really Canadian facts, but <laughs> That's crows. all right. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I think it's time for our next segue. <gasps> It's okay. Words I are can't speak today. I know. It's okay. We, Magic guys, eight ball. <laughs> we, our brain is officially Christmas vacation, so we're allowed not to think hard. <laughs> I was going to say. I don't know what that explains for me for the rest of the year, though. That just did not make sense what came All out right. of my mouth. I am so sorry. That was like verbal diarrhea that just came out there. I'm so sorry. Let's do our Magic eight ball. Okay, Can Magic you guys eight ball. Okay, it? so what's the question? Um, are crows plotting to take over the world? I also have another question after. As I see it, yes. What? It, oh, it's like in Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy when all the dolphins get out. <gasps> now the yes, crows know. <laughs> the crows know, man. They're like, they're taking over. They're smart. Knew no. it. So, 2019, are we going to be traveling and have a lot more road trips and field trips in 2019? As, As I it. see it. Yes. yes. Oh. We'll see if the Magic 8 Ball is right. Let's see if it comes. If Fisher Price comes through. <laughs> oh, it's not Fisher Price. It's uh, Hasbro, isn't it? Hasbro. Hasbro Made in China, Fisher. Hasbro. Yeah. I think are Fisher Price and Hasbro connected. No, Mattel. Them? It's Mattel. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Barbie. That's all I think about. Barbie. So, yes. So, if you guys have also a question for the Magic 8 Ball, I'm going to put it out there. Yeah. Actually, you know what? I'm going to do... Let's a, do a Snapchat. I'm going to do a Snapchat, and I'm going to do our Magic 8 is Ball Is that what the kids say these days, the Snapchats? Yeah. You and your kids and the Snapchats. I don't know what you guys do a days. Oh, Insta. Insta. Yes. Oh, God. Thank God. Okay, Insta. Oh, I'm on Insta face. now, so I know it must be on its way out. I don't want to see my face. Okay, guys. Okay. We're going. Okay. We're live. Hi, guys. Okay. We are in our recording studio, which is my closet. <laughs> no faces shown because we are in a holiday, so we have blankets and coffee and socks and no makeup and glasses. So, we are going to do live feed right now as Beth gets ready to do her segment for the Baldoon mystery. The, again, every time I hear the Baldoon, I seriously think about Brigadoon, the musical. That too, but I think about <laughs> Dubloon, Pirate Schools. No, Outlander oh. and Sassanac and Sam. Give me my boyfriend. Shh, just don't tell my husband that. <laughs> Out of voice, that's. <laughs> He can be yeah. my boyfriend anytime. So, yeah. No, Grace and I have this lovely Okay, let's, let's love of Outlander. Okay, let's see. I'm gonna do I'm gonna do it live. Okay, okay. So what is our question? Here's another question. Are we gonna meet the guy from Outlander? <gasps> Are we gonna meet Sam from Outlander? It says my reply is no. <laughs> oh way to break my heart. Way to break my heart. Aww. What about uh, the guy? Oh, Henry Caval. That's the one you like. <gasps> Henry Cavell. Is Henry Cavell going to come meet with us? And are we going to meet Henry Cavell? And it says, yes. Hey, <laughs> one out of two is not bad. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. Okay. I just, I, <laughs> it's a mustache. I, I just want to show everybody our fun studio here, uh, which is our closet. Love it. 
right. Oh, that's going to be a thing we do one day, is the curse of Superman. Because there's so much Canadian content in Superman. Well, he was created in Canada. Yeah, and it, the first ones were filmed all in, like, Vancouver. No, not Vancouver, Alberta. Yep. So we could totally do a curse of Superman episode. What? This is exciting, people. Okay, we're part. <laughs> yeah. All right. So I'm going to talk about the Baldoon mystery, which is toted as being Canada's most famous and oldest poltergeist. I don't think it's the most famous anymore, but it's definitely the oldest. Hmm. So basically, the haunting took place in a farmhouse in the ill-fated colony of Baldoon. So Baldoon was established in 1804 by Lord Selkirk, and it was his goal to resettle about over 100 dispossessed Highland Scots on the swampy land there Mm -hmm. by Lake St. Clair, which is kind of between Chatham and Wallsburg. And he hoped that they would become prosperous sheep farmers, which is why I think we should entitle this episode Swamps and Sheep. Swamps and Sheep. But it fell into decline, and even before the War of 1812 started, this place was a ghost town. No pun intended? Sorry. (laughs) So basically what happened was there was a large farmhouse that John McDonald and his family created, and the haunting began between, people estimate, 1829 and 1831. But the cool thing is, over this three-year period, people came from all over to check it out. Like, we're talking from the States, from across Ontario. Just all these people came. And it was interesting because it's one of the first hauntings that really have all the hallmarks of what we consider a poltergeist today. So, objects moving on their own, a preteen girl, mysterious circumstances. And it was just, what else is kind of a poltergeist? Basically, if it was a thing that you go, oh, poltergeist, they had it. Well, poltergeist means noisy ghost. Right. You're right it's yeah. German, and I think it's like, it's, I forgot what the term means exactly. It's broken into yeah. two things. It's like, geist, which means ghost, right. and then... You're right, it does mean and then I think, spirit. Yeah, and then, and then I think polter means, yeah, I think yeah. geist means ghost, and then polter means noisy. noisy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But basically, they had all the hallmarks of it. Now, most skeptics have dismissed it as just being hysteria, gossip, superstition, maybe someone being kind of grumpy with them and wanting revenge. But it took the imagination of all these people. So there was a report of there was a child lying in a cradle, and it started to rock so forcefully, people thought the child would be thrown out. So two men tried to stop it but couldn't. So another one said, hey, let's try this. So they put a Bible in the cradle, and it stopped rocking. (laughs) Um, what year was this again? Eight, oh, 1829, yeah, sounds about right. Sounds yeah. about right, yeah. But they would say gun balls, like musket balls, would go flying out the window into a 36-foot deep river, break windows. People, like, it's just insane, like, smells, uh, beds would smells. move. I'm not sure. They didn't really specify. But, like, beds would move, chairs would move, a pot full of boiling water would just come off the fireplace and spill all over people. What? Yeah, it was a lot of, excuse me, really kind of crazy stuff like that. But it only lasted three years, which I found interesting. Now, how do you say, did they get rid of this poltergeist spirit? Well, now I am asking. Now, now, (laughs) with an introduction like that, basically, they, I can't even read this without being confused. Basically, a woman told John McDonald that if he used a silver bullet to shoot a stray black-headed goose that had been wandering through his farms, his troubles would end. So he made a silver bullet, hit the goose in the wing, and after that, an old woman living nearby was seen with her arm in a sling, and their problems were over. So some believed that the neighbor had been the source of the problem. 
since John refused to sell part of his land to her. Most hmm. people just believe that this is all BS. Okay, the, I, and I, to me, that sounds a lot like the um, the making of um, the Bell Witch, mm-hmm. which happened in the states. Similar parts, except after this one, they don't see like they're just like, oh, maybe it was her, maybe it wasn't. Like, there's no witch hunt on her. It was just like, oh, could have been it. But but there's no like you know in the Bell Witch trial or the Bell Witch. You yeah. hear about like she was harming people, like the yeah. girls were being slapped and things like that. And, like, yeah. so I don't know. I find that very very interesting. Yeah, the whole yeah. story sounds almost very like the Bell Witch. It's really downplayed though, because there's a lot less focus on that lady and more on just the fact that it happened. Well, it, it was so much attention to it. Like in the 1920s, people, you know how people do like pleasure cruise around the the lakes of Ontario, all the little stuff. People go on this river cruise by it, and it would be pointed out as like a point of interest. This is where the Baldoon poltergeist occurred. and Sign me up for that one. Yeah, it, so it went on and on. Like There is accounts written in the Toronto newspaper, The Globe, and the story was republished again in 1986, so you guys can go back and look at copies of it. Now, there is some debate over these first-hand accounts that were written down. So there's a gentleman by the name of, drumroll please, da, 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 Brian Dunning, who has a podcast called Skeptoid, and he points out that the person who wrote all these articles, Neil McDonald, John's son, John McDonald's son, wrote all of these down and put in the newspaper. But if you do the math, he would have only been about five at the time these mysteries were happening. See, and again, so it's much hearsay, right? Like, yeah. it's like this so, broken line of communication, sounds like. Yeah. So when you read what he wrote, it's extremely detailed. And I'm like, you wouldn't even be up past that bedtime. Like, there's no way. So there's a lot of skepticism over this. So basically, it has its kind of, this glory of being Canada's first real poltergeist. Mm-hmm. But there's still quite a bit of doubt in it. And just for the fact that it all ended with this woman has, you know, a scrape in her arm and some poor goose has got a dinged wing now. Just poor goose. Why do these animals all have to be, like... They always use an animal, like animal yeah. sacrifices, like, you know, in Santorini, like in, in voodoo, you talk about that. Right. Well, sacrificing. But that's one thing, you know, you got to sacrifice an animal in order to appease the gods, but... Yeah. But the other interesting thing is there is all these other people who have said to have first-hand accounts, at least 26. So, so it added a lot of kind of legitimate to me. To so it. like, so 26 people, people have actually came up and have actually claimed this is true. Yeah, approximately. And, okay, are any of these people, like, related, or is this, like, some religious, you know, sect, like... I don't, I don't, no, it's probably... Well, more than half of the 26 people whose statements Neil published, so it all comes through that youngest son... Yeah. ...claimed to have personally witnessed the event, but they had all been really young as well and only scant recollections. So, hmm. it's just, it's interesting. The only other publication known to precede Neil McDonald's account of it was that of Peter Jones, an Ojibwe man who converted to Christianity who wrote in 1861 a book on the Ojibwe Indians. Jones also never named the McDonald's family either. He told an abbreviated version of the same story, but from the perspective of the Ojibwe, who were certain that the disturbance were caused by forest fairies. So he said he went to the house himself and never found anything unusual and that it was basically all. Forest fairies? Yeah. Hmm. And according to the book, he tried to get rid of the fairies by running around firing silver bullets until he was stopped by authorities, which I find interesting because I thought... I just read that little blurb from the Skeptoid website, by the way, that fairies don't like iron, not silver. I thought they were cool with silver. I don't know much about fairy lore. 
I will look into that. I know there's different to. kinds of fairies, like sprites and everything too, and they yeah. can be and they can be mischievous. I know yeah. that. But I always thought it was iron that fairies didn't like, as opposed to I heard ghosts don't like iron. Yeah, that too. But like certain, if you know the answers, let us know again. But that's my knowledge from watching Supernatural, Sam and Dean with <laughs> get the salt, get the salt in the iron rod. So I could totally be wrong. Yeah, but it was just it's fascinating to think that. Back in the 1800s, this little tiny town in Ontario set up the hallmark for what we know today as a poltergeist haunting. So, you know, it's a psychic quote-unquote child, shape-shifting with, tormented witnesses, spontaneous fires, things rocking all the time. So I'm not speaking as eloquently about this as I would like, but if you'd like to learn more about it, if you go to www.kentnet slash Wallaceburg Museum, they actually have a whole section dedicated to the Baldoon mystery. Okay, so what year was that? Which one? The Baldoon poltergeist? Oh, 1829 to 31. Huh. Because, you know, the whole Bell Witch saga that happened yeah. with the poltergeist. It's very different, though. Like, I've read that. Like, they do have some similarities, but I wouldn't lump this in the same no, thing as the No, that's what Bell I'm Witch saying. Like, but it's funny, though, but in terms of the same era, though. Yeah. Family and just, I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I'm hesitant to love the two together just because the Bell Witch was such a different... Oh my gosh, it's... A different thing, whereas this is just a house that was haunted for three years. If you guys are not familiar with the Bell Witch, do yourself a solid look into that. There's many books on it. There's a few really, really bad movies. It has not yeah. been a good movie that's ever been made. But apparently these are supposed to be true, legit stories of like this family being tormented by this witch. Yeah. And the stories are quite interesting. Yeah, they're very interesting. The Bell I Witch. Know. I have to admit, I'm kind of... The skeptic in me is skeptic of this one. Strange noises. It's a farm in Swampland. Of course, there's going to be strange noises. Freak fires. There has been Yeah, it's sound of, of a uh, freaking goose that got shot. Of course, right? it's going to make a sound. But the freak fires, too, depending on where they were, if they were outside, there's been cases of um, spontaneous, spontaneous in swamps because of the sulfur. Yeah, I was going to say. Bubbling yeah. up. Sorry, not sulfur, methane. Bubbling up. And it's just, it's just interesting that it became such a huge tourist attraction. That was the part that got me. It became... Like, Canada's first taunted tourism. Let's point it on the boat ride. Let's well, bring people up from the States. It was just... If you think they were super religious back then, too, right? Also, with the whole spiritual movement, mm-hmm. right? People doing seances, right? Like, I, I'm kind of like... Yeah, this is prime spiritualist movement area. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? Like, I'm saying, like, people did have a lot to entertain themselves. And a lot of people... I'm not saying that all people, but a lot... Many people... Many people were not educated in terms of, like, they could pick up a book and read. Yeah. So, entertainment was very lacking back in the day actually I lied I don't think that was in the prime of the spiritual movement because that came after World Spir- War well it started in the one. 1800s late 1800s and then okay. it got bigger as after World War One. so anyhow to hmm. recap super creepy first Hallmark Canadian haunted tourism first kind of recorded poltergeist it was pretty awesome how far is it from Toronto not very far it's like Chatham we should totally go check we it out totally that'd be fun Chatham. like road trip right there that would be yeah because World War Two ended in 1918 mm-hmm. so Kind of a bit before that it took. That's interesting. Yeah. Wow. So that's the Bell Witch. I mean, not the Bell Witch. Not the Bell Witch. <laughs> it's the, not associated with the Bell Witch. Sorry. Stop it. What's <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, funny? Right, because that has to do with the swamp. Bell Witch has to do with the cave. Yeah, but the Bell Witch was more about them haunt, hating on this one lady, whereas this one was like. Oh, they hate on each other. It was like honestly, if Jerry Springer was back then, oh my god, it was such a. It would have been a bit of big Jerry Springer thing. Yeah, we should do when we do an Americana episode. We should do the Bell Witch. Yeah. Why do I feel like this has turned into the Bell Witch episode? I don't know. Sorry, I didn't mean to take <laughs> the Bell Witch. Sorry. Bell-Doon. I will stop saying it. The What is it? Bragadoon? The Bell Dune. The Bell Dune. Yeah. It says it. Bragadoon. Yeah. The Bell Dune. 
right, so yeah, that was that. Wow. I didn't do as good. We pre-recorded this before, and it didn't work. And now I feel like, you know, the second time you do stuff, it doesn't always turn out as good as the first time. Wow. Yeah, that's okay. I like it. It's an interesting stuff. Check it out, guys. It's pretty cool. Canadian history. It's very cool, man. We're cool. My mm-hmm. mom says I am. So, yeah. <laughs> do check out. I said, do check out the Hermitage, too. Mm-hmm. Check out those places, because that's... Yeah, that place is freaky. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. in terms of... Okay. So, I know we talk about being a healthy skeptic and somewhat of a believer, non-believer, how you guys... Depends how you feel and depends which way the wind blows. And mm-hmm. now... You found that hermitage to be creepy yourself. Yeah, which I was surprised because the first time I went, it was super peaceful and chill. Yeah, so. Like, very comfortable. Mm-hmm. You heard it, guys. Beth said it is creepy. So, yeah. Yeah. That's it. That's that's, that's the, our saying. <laughs> that is episode nine, people. So, please do, I guess we'll be oh. in next oh, one. Oh, and I did Google. Fairies do not like cold iron. Cold iron. Okay, guys. <laughs> Because who does like cold iron? Yeah. And that's why people used to put horseshoes up above their houses. They, um, <laughs> I gotta go say something now. Yeah, because, <laughs> because that's got the way. Sorry, sorry. I'll let you go. Sorry. <laughs> I can't let it go. I'm sorry. Because <laughs> that's why people have a horseshoes up there. Okay. <laughs> I said house, right? I house, said house. House. Okay. House. Okay. No, it's funny though because it's one of there was a long days. pause. There was a long pause, and I thought you were waiting for me to fill it. I'm like, take your grace, go run with it. Go run with it. <laughs> oh, oh, this is what. I, and then you guys wonder why teachers need two weeks off at Christmas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. With that being said, thank you for listening to episode yes, nine. Thank you again. I'm going to keep on repeating this until I will become a poltergeist myself and haunt you guys. But please do like and review us on iTunes. Again, the more likes we get, the higher we go up on the rating scale. That means more traffic and more people to our podcast, which is great. And again, do consider becoming a Patreon. For every dollar is donated, that means more content and more podcasts, more field trips for us to go. We are planning to do a couple of cool things coming up in 2019. It's going to be your back to 2019. Woo! It's going to be a year. So I'm just saying. Yeah. yeah. So some cool things are coming up for both Beth and I and our podcast in 2019. So, yes, to consider becoming a Patreon. And any sponsors would be wonderful. <laughs> I am selling myself like a cheap hooker right now trying to get out there. But, yes, please do, guys. Please do. Like I said, we are going to be more content. Or, sorry, rather, be putting more content out in 2019. Mm -hmm. So, if you do become a Patreon, we will put extra bonus content for you guys and for your pleasure. And that being said, yeah, guys. Catch up for episode 10. Yes, which is going to be pretty cool because we are going to be going cross-border for episode 10. So, guys, stay scary, stay spooky, stay awesome, and we will catch you on the flip side. Side, 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 side. Bye.